Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, good morning. Um, I wanted to greet everyone. If this is your first time here, we greet you. If this is your recurring every week, we greet you. We greet everyone that is here in this place this morning. Um, for those of you that are not sure what's going on, um, my husband is not here this morning. He um, was asked to preach somewhere else. And um, he felt like it was something that he was supposed to do. So if you came in here this morning and you're like, where's Pastor Joel? That is where he is at. So, um, but we're still pressing along. Although I, I want to correct something. Um, it just didn't sit right well with me. Um, we all love my husband very, very much. I can testify to that probably more than anybody. But I don't believe that we can't come here and have a move of God and the Lord can move if he's not here. Sorry. God would not have all of this work based on one person. His will and his plans are way too big for one person, including all of us. So I know he's not here and I know it's a little bit of a downer and I know he is such a man of faith and trust me, I'm so thankful for him in so many ways. But come on, we can come here. God can still move. God can still flow. God can still work. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But we have a very special treat, very special treat for you this morning. And I get the pleasure of introducing, which I've never done this before, but I get the great pleasure of introducing our very first. And when I say very first, we hear the term a lot, but she is our first lady. So I'd like for those of you to clap your hands and let's welcome our first lady, Mother Wright. Thank you for your kindness. You may be seated. Thank you very much. Um, it was quite comical this morning as I was preparing to come to Antioch West because if you'll remember, I started out with you. And I didn't get booted out. They didn't think Chris was better than me. Although, where'd he go? Although he is doing an excellent job. You are very blessed. It was, um, it was an arrangement in the very beginning until Pastor Wright, Pastor Joel Wright and Sister Katie Wright came here to make the adjustment from uh, leaving the other building um, to come that they weren't sure what all was going to be doing. And, and um, I was praying one morning and the Lord said to me, you go help them. And I'm like, sure, that's, that's real good. A mother doesn't go and help her son. If he's married, hello. You like to keep a good relationship with a daughter-in-law. So I said, what would you say, Jesus? I couldn't hear you real good. I, I didn't do that, but I almost did, literally. Um, I said, I, don't, I just don't know about that. He said, I'm asking you to go there and be with them until they get everything kind of organized, whatever. I said, okay. So I called Pastor Joel one morning, and I may have told you this story, called Pastor Joel to talk to him, and I said, I need to share something with you that I'm very nervous about, extremely nervous. I've never run my son's lives. If they were here, they would say amen. I've tried to be the most popular mother-in-law mother in the world. 
I think I've been pretty successful. I've tried hard. I really have. Um, but I said to Pastor Joel, I, I, I got to share something with you, but I'm very nervous. I said, I was praying the other morning and the Lord asked me to do something. I'm nervous about it. And he said, I hope it's what Kate and I were talking about. You know, God's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. I said, um, I don't know what you were talking about, but the Lord told me that maybe I should go and help you guys until you got music and a keyboard to play and whatever. He said, Katie, mom's coming. So I had a blast being here for the few months that I was. So this morning, I said all that, um, but this morning as I was preparing, I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is mixed feelings today. I've been to Antioch West as the keyboard player, the worship director. I've been there as the mother. I came one Sunday night because the Lord spoke to me to come. We had just gotten back from a service and, um, um, oh, I forgot where we were. Somewhere here in Maryland, I forgot. One of our um, Spanish churches, our largest one, we had preached for them that day and we got back and Bishop Wright was extremely tired, and I said, I'm sorry, but I have to go to Antioch West tonight. He said, fine, I, I, I just can't. I said, well, that's fine. I can go by myself. And I came in here, and I thought as I was driving, I thought, why, why am I going to Antioch West? Now, you're not going to appreciate this story as much as I appreciate telling it to you. And I said, I don't know why I'm going, but I feel to go. And when I walked in the building... And my little four-year-old grandson saw me. He started sobbing, tears just running down his cheeks. Remember that night, Sister Owens? And I knew then why the Lord told me to come here for grandmother. So I've been here for worship director. I've been here for mother. I've been here for grandmother. I've been here as an executive Antioch council member. I'm like, okay, Jesus, what am I going as today? What costume do I put on? So I'm not really sure what my title is today, and that really doesn't matter. But I have been here in every capacity, but this is my first time to preach to you. So I think today I'm here as Executive Pastor Alice Wright. That has been one of the most difficult things for our family um, for Katie, for Pastor Joel and Sister Katie, let me address them correctly here. And for Pastor David and Sister Angie, that's been very difficult for them and difficult for Sister Alice Wright. We not only are family, but we're also in the ministry in the church, and they're two different things. As you've heard Bishop Wright say, if you've been at Antioch very long, when we walk through the doors, we are no longer family. That's not easy. That's not easy because that's my daughter-in-law and I've got four grand, no, three grandchildren. <laughs> no, not one on the way. The other one has four. I have three in this building. That's, you know, if you're a mother and you're a grandmother and you're a what, that's natural for you to somewhat show favors to your family. Hello, I should get some amens. That's just natural. There's nothing, that's okay. But when we walk in here, it's different. The most difficult thing has been as for us as a family is the difference between dad 
and the bishop. Because let me tell you, those are two different people. When dad speaks, it's fun. But when the bishop says, we're having a come to Jesus meeting, everybody gets nervous. Because that's not fun. So I have a lot of different roles to play at Antioch. I'm also known as Mother Wright. I love that. That's very affectionate. Obviously, one of my favorites, excuse me, but I'm being very honest, and Sister Katie earned a lot of brownie points today. She did not introduce me as Mother Wright. Did you catch that? She introduced me on my favorite term, First Lady. I love that term. And when I walked in here today, I was greeted by one of the young ladies as church of this congregation as, you are a very nice-looking first lady. I'm like, yes, yes. It's not beauty, but it's just been an important role to me. Um, you know, I, I know that um, now that the congregations and the setup have changed, uh, there will be one day that you will address Sister Katie as first lady. They will address Sister Angie. They already addressed Sister Simpson in Baltimore as first lady. That's nothing wrong with that. But it's just an affectionate term that I love very much. I'm not better than anybody else. But I was the first member of Antioch, the Apostolic Church. Literally. I sat on the front row and Bishop preached. And there were a lot of times that he preached directly to me. And it made me extremely mad. Because I knew, I knew that he had tried to talk to me and it didn't work. But Jesus says, oh, let me use you to, let me work through you. And I used to leave there so mad. I'm thinking, why did you have to preach that? You knew I was the only one in the building. So I was the very first member. We did not have any children when we first came here. So I was the first member. We'd go to church, believe it or not. We'd go to church. We'd worship and sing. Two of us. But we knew that it wouldn't be long, that it wouldn't just be two. We had no idea that it would be like this. And in Baltimore today, and in Arnold today, we had no idea what God's plans were for the future of Antioch Church. But we knew one thing. God had called us to Annapolis, Maryland, to build a church and to win the laws. So we go and we sing. Just the two of us. We'd worship. I think, thinking back over, and this is kind of comical, I think the only thing we didn't do was take an offering. I th- I, I, you know what? I'm going to ask him that. But I don't think we took an offering. That wasn't good. He should have given and I should have given. But I don't think we did. When we, when we get through worshiping, I'd go sit on the front row and Bishop would preach. So I've been here the longest and I was the first lady of Antioch. And it's just a term that I love. So thank you for your honor today. It is a privilege for me to be here in the absence of your great pastor. Now, forget just a moment that I'm related to him. Can you do that? Forget that. You know, you ever, you ever um, told your kids when you went outside and they were freezing and they didn't have any coat on or whatever, you say to them, just pretend it's summertime. Pretend the breeze is blowing and you feel the warmth. 
And you know what? They start buying all that, and they start, oh, this is cool. And they like that. So this is cool right now. Forget I'm related to your pastor just for a moment. I don't have a choice. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. It doesn't matter if you're related to them or not. You're supposed to give honor to them. I was very, very impressed. Now, I'm talking spiritually right now, okay? Forget the natural. When Pastor Joel and Sister Katie came to Bishop and told them that they wanted to come do this. I don't think you realize how good they had it. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest here for a moment. I don't think you realize how good brother and sister Joel Wright had it at Arnold. And when they came to Bishop about this, I thought, oh, my goodness. I hope they've heard from God because they're going to need him. And the Lord, I, I sat on this platform today, sister Wright, young sister Wright. I sat on this platform today, and I am in absolute awe in what God has done in seven months. I want you to look around for just a minute and give God the glory and the honor. Okay, the place is not packed. You're not ready to move. But things have happened at Antioch West in seven months. So I say to you today, let your faith rise in this place because this is only the beginning. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout, I believe it. And I want somebody to say, I'm going to be a part of it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. My, 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 my. They have been busier than they've ever been before. They've got a lot on their plate. But every time I see them, they're excited about it. They're thrilled. They're they're just, this is what they want to do. And God is going to bless that. And you great, you're the great group of people that transferred with them from Arnold. Remember, you're a part of this. Everything that happens here, it's not the pastor. It's not just these leadership that sits on this platform. But Sister Wright said it earlier. It's everybody that's a part of it. And now all the new people you've got, you've just increased your capacity for God to have more to work with. Believe? Do you believe that today? If you do, I want you to worship him again. My God, the presence of the Lord is in this place today. Woo, let your faith rise for a minute. Come on. Let your faith rise in this place. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God is going to do for Antioch West. I I, I just sat here and, and Brother Bickley, honestly, I was in awe, absolute awe. I was here the first Sunday. You blessed me. You were kind to me. You gave me a plaque for that very first Sunday of Antioch West that's in my office at at the main building. You gave me a plaque. I was here that first Sunday that you walked into this school building away from that building in Arnold that you left padded seats. Oh. Next time I come, you bring me one. You left padded seats. 
You left a nice auditorium that's decorated very nice. I know what you did. And you came to this school building that you have to set up every service. Somebody stay here with me just a minute. This is not my message, but I feel in the Holy Ghost to say this, okay? I have always been an encourager. Bishop Wright is not an encourager. Now, y'all know that. He don't know. He doesn't. God didn't give him that gift. That's why he gave me to him. And you know what? I'm going to preach. I'm going to be so anointed today because he's watching me preach. Not online, but I got a picture of him in front of me. In a minute, honey, it's going to flow. And you're all going to go, wow. But you better hope it don't flow as long as it does. Or you'll be asking for Brother Jolin's cushion. Don't you have fun when you come to church? Church is fun. But you left that. You came here. Now you got to set up every service. And you are, listen to me, hear me, hear me. You are abundantly blessed. Now, some of you remember the days when it wasn't like this. So you know what I'm talking about. But you are abundantly blessed that we have the connection with Sister Nuria. And you don't have to take down after this service this morning and put back up again tonight. Now, that is work. But you came here from, from the mother, from, excuse me, you can't say the mother church anymore, from the Arnold Building. So Arnold Building, the Antioch West Building, and the Antioch North Building, or excuse me, the new term, Antioch Central. That one's hard for me. I was just adjusting to Antioch West. Now they've given me another term to learn. We're going to have to put all these, we're going to have to have an app for our church. Have you ever thought about that? And when somebody asks you a question, you have to say, wait a minute, let me, let me see what the app says. Any uncle? Not really, but almost. Okay, so, but you came here, and now you have to do all this. You left all that behind. But I got one thing to say to you today. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Forget what you left behind. You didn't leave anything behind. You gained something by coming here because you said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. None of that means anything to me. excited. I, I'm telling you, I'm beside myself. I don't know how many, how many weeks it's been since I was here, but it's been a few. And I'm excited about what I see, but not only what I see, but what I feel. I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. And, and, and I said it in the beginning, and I'm sure you've heard it from, from others that have been here. But this is exploding. Just because, again, every, well, Sister Wright, we've still got some empty seats. Well, excuse me. You could really get a few more chairs in here. You know, you know, I know maybe. And then I understand you may even have access to a bigger one when they're not. You, it's, not the, it's not that. I'm talking about what's happening in the spirit. Some of the new faces that I've seen here. I, I, I believe that God can. Do you know today that there are no empty chairs in here? I'm trying to preach my message. It, it's not this, but I'm trying to get there. 
What time is it? I got to be done by 1130 because y'all's pastor done by 1130. Where's that? They got that flag in the way. I can't see. Praise God. I can't see the clock. But there are no empty chairs in this building today. You're like, whoa, I wonder if Pastor Wright knows about his mother. She's strange. No, I'm not. Because somebody in the spirit world is sitting on every every chair in this place. You may not know their name. You may not know where they're coming from. But that doesn't matter. But Jesus has a seat in this auditorium. And when these are filled and we get more out, There may be a couple empty there, but they're not empty because he's reserved a seat in the house of God for every person that is hungry for him and willing to give their lives to him. One more time, we're going to worship him and I'm going to change gears and preach. I did something today that I don't think I've done, but one other time in the past, um, because we live in a technology world. And, you know, if you're not in, if, if you don't know how to operate technology, um, it's a little embarrassing. So you learn. You're never too old to learn. I've, I've sat down and, and learned some things on, on the computer by myself, and I was so proud. And I went and shared with my husband. Guess what? I learned it by myself because we live in a technology world. So our technology world is you bring an iPad to church to preach on, out of. That's our mod world. I, there's nothing wrong with that. But once in a while, I get tired of the iPad. Because if you push it and it don't go to the right one and you're on something else, and then you, nah, that's just too much trouble. So I thought, you know what? I'm taking a Bible. Because a lot of people don't realize that we still have Bibles. <laughs> Whoa, that was weak. I hope and pray, and I've made this statement before, but I hope and pray that you never do away with this. Okay, use your iPad, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I hope somewhere in your house, excuse me, but this is my little thing to be on. Somewhere in your house, if you don't have one, See, Sister Katie, I've got a whole stack of them in my office that we give away as gifts. But somewhere in your house, I hope, is the Word of God. I know the Word of God is on here. But there's just something special about a Bible. Woo! I got to come do a seminar on loving your Bible. I never want one of my grandchildren to see my Bible and go, Mama, what is that? That would crush me. So I decided today I'm preaching out of the Bible. So this is going to be very anointed. iPad, you get a little bit anointing. But honey, when you go in the Word, something happens. Now, I really, there's no difference, but I just thought it was kind of comical that I just decided today that Pastor Wright's not here, so if it's against, if I'm supposed to bring my iPad, I didn't know that, so we won't worry about it. So if you would be so kind to honor the Word of God and stand, that is something that we do, whether it's read from your phone, 
your Bible, your whatever you're reading it from. Please don't misunderstand what I said, and I don't believe you did. I'm just saying that I still do believe that we should give honor to a Bible. You know, when I was growing up, um, <clears throat> and I know it's hard for you to tell how old I am. I wish that was true. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm um, one of the older ones in here today. When I was growing up, when you would go to someone's house and you walked in, it didn't matter what religion they were. On their coffee table in their living room was a Bible. That's how I grew up. And honey, let me tell you something. It wasn't this size. How many of you date yourself? Go ahead. How many of you remember what was called the family Bible? Okay. Now, those were massive. They were almost as big as this. I'm Seriously, I'm not exaggerating. I don't know if anybody still has one. I don't, unfortunately. But, but you, well, you probably can Google it. Google it. If you don't believe me, Google it. You know Google will give you the answers. If you doubt anything I say here today, Google it except for the Word of God because Google twists the Word of God. I found that out the other day because I was out of curiosity. I wanted to see what it said about a certain scripture. And, oh, my God, there was so many different whatever interpretations of that. I'm like, no, this is not right. But I'm sure you could get a picture of a family Bible. So when, I, when you walked in, everybody had one. It was just, that was it. And even as I got older, before, obviously, technology took over our world, everybody had a Bible. I have a 13-year-old grandson that is very devoted to God. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. When I say devoted, that's not a good, that, that, that doesn't really describe him. He is in love with Jesus. That's his life. That's his life. He really doesn't care about anything else, and I'm being very serious. I've, I've never seen a child like him, or it's not his young man now. Apologize, young man. But for Christmas, um, the older ones either get money or they make me a list, and I get it for them because, you know, you, if you're my age, you can't buy for a teenager. Well, that's true. You can't buy. So I, they give me a list. And on his list this year was a Bible. But he wanted a compact He has an iPad. He has an iPhone. Or he has access to an iPad. He doesn't have one, but he does have But why does he want this? He wanted that compact Bible to carry around with him when he was witnessing to people and he could show them the word of God. I'm like, whoa, I've just been convicted. So we still have Bibles. Again, it's no different than what you're, some of you, Brother Lamone, you're my example today. He's using his phone. It's no different in what I'm saying, okay, but I just, um, I just felt to do that. Just, you know, you like to do things different sometimes, so I did. So if you will open your Bibles or your iPad or your iPhone, whatever you have to read the scripture with, to Matthew chapter 7, and I've taken up a lot of my time this morning, so now I've got to preach fast. Well, that was only one person. I don't know about the rest. Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to be re begin reading with verse 24. 
Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat up on that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Verse 27 is where I'm preaching from. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat up on that house, and it fell. And great was the fall. I bless the reading of the word of God today. I pray that every one of us in this building, including myself, would be open to what God would have to say to us. I am only a vessel that has been chosen to, hmm, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I am only a vessel that's been chosen to be used for this hour to speak what you spoke to me, Jesus. And I pray that ears would be willing to listen. Eyes would be able to open up to what you would have to say to each one of us. Our spirit would be open to you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Not too long ago, I preached this message, and that's why I was really surprised this morning when I, or not this morning, yesterday, obviously, when I was continuing my prayer time for knowing that I was preaching here today, and the Lord gave me this again, just in a little different way, and I thought, well, dear God, I just preached that, but you know what? It really doesn't matter how many times you preach a message, because you can preach it one time and somebody get it. Then you can preach it the second time, and a different person's going to get it. You can preach it the third time, and on and on and on I could go, and I don't have the time to continue the numbers. But so today I am preaching this message that majority sitting in this auditorium have heard. But I am here to say in the Holy Ghost, there are a few people in this place that have never gotten it. You've heard it, you've heard it, and you've heard it, but you've never done it. But God has given you another opportunity today to make a choice. And I pray when I'm through here preaching today that you've made the right choice. You ever made the wrong choice in your life? What did it cause you? Problems. Problems. Well, when you make the wrong choice... Instead of choosing God, you're not going to have anything but, prob- anything but problems, disappointments, and difficulties. Hear what I'm saying to you today. My husband and I have been pastoring for 48 years. We've been working with people for 48 years. And I've seen people that chose something besides God. And I saw what their life turned out as. But I've seen those that said, I've got my foot on the rock. I've got my mind made up. And though I walk through a lonely valley and I drink from the bitter cup when the devil. See, I know you've already heard this. Some of you already sitting down on me. Don't you sit on me today? 
Don't you sit on me. When the devil comes a knocking, showing me an easier way, I stand right flat on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look him straight in the eye. And I say, I've got my mind made up. Now, I'm preaching simply today on my mind is made up. We hear the story. We know the story. Okay? You know, I don't have time to go into it at length. But you know the story of the wise man that built his house upon the rock. We know this, the, the continue of the story. There was, a, there was a man that built his house upon the sand. You and I both know if we're building a house, we're not going to build it on sand. That's not a good foundation. Believe me, if you're going to be that stubborn, then don't cry the blues when your house falls down. You brought it on yourself. I know that's simplistic, but it's true. You ever heard, you ever heard somebody say, well, I am going to do it my way. You know, that's a dangerous statement, especially when it comes to God. And so you say, but I, I think this will work, but that's not what the word of God says will work. But I just want to try it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to choose God in any situation in your life, whether it be your salvation, which some of you today, I hope, will choose that, whether it be with your walk with God and continue your walk with God. And some of you need to choose that today. And I'm already feeling a rumbling in the spirit. So if there's some prayer warriors in this building, I need your I need your assistance because some that I'm trying to reach in this place today that I'd like for them to walk out saying, I got my mind made up. They've already turned me off, but I'm reaching for you again in this auditorium today because I want to tell you something. This world is winding up. You may have had a few years in the past, but my God, are you listening to the news? Oh, I don't want to hear what's going on, Sister Wright. I'd rather be deaf to it. You better not be deaf to it. You don't have to believe everything you hear and see. But I want you to know one thing. The book of Revelation in this Bible, if you don't believe anything else, go home and read the book of Revelation. And some of the things that are happening in our world right now have already been written in the word of God. Somebody that knows that, shout hallelujah. You don't have as much time as you used to have. Some of you have been playing around for a long time. And God has been merciful to you because he is a merciful God. He is a God of grace. He is a God of love. But it's time for you to stop taking advantage of that and look at him and say, Jesus, forgive me. But today... I've got my mind made up. And so we know the story of the man that built his house on the rock and the one that built on sand. And I could make a a very dramatic story out of that. We could have some fun, but I don't have the time. But we know what happened with the man that built it on the sand. His crumbled because it did not have a foundation. But the one that built us on the rock had a foundation. Now, you've got a foundation. When you come to God... 
I know this is simple, but watch me. When you come to God, you've got a foundation. When you give yourself to God, you're baptized in his name, you're filled with his spirit, you've got a foundation. Your house is built, you're you're built on a rock. But that foundation is not what's going to get you to heaven. Help you get to heaven, but that's not what's going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven is I've got my foot on the rock, but I've got my mind. How many times have you known to do the right thing, but your mind tells you to do something different? Don't raise your hands because everybody in here would have to do that if you were honest. We're all guilty. Okay, so you know what's right, you know what you should do, but your mind says it's okay if you do it this way. And, and I said it before, but how many times has that caused you problems? I am well aware of the fact that the majority of this congregation has heard this before, but I make the statement that I will continue making. I can never get away from the experience I had in 2014. First of all, the main reason I cannot is because I am thankful to be alive today. And I give God the honor and the glory. In 2014, I went through breast cancer. And I was told that they were not, that they really didn't have any hopes of the chemo working. They just, it advanced so far that they did not think it would work, but they were willing to try. And I had so many people that came to me, and you know people mean well, but sometimes they put things in your head that will drive you nuts. Just say it. Go ahead. You know it's true. Okay. And I had so many people that, that come to me and said, well, you know this, and you know that, and you know this, and you know that. Well, when it first happened, and the, when, it, when I first went to the doctor, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer in stage 3, advancing very quickly to stage 4, The only thing that I knew to do was go to the altar. I I didn't know anything else to do. I was devastated. I was disappointed. I never knew I'd walk down that valley or through that valley. I didn't know any of that. So I went to the altar, and I made my decision at the altar. And I said to God, God, I don't know what my future holds for the next few months. I know what I've been diagnosed with, and I know what the doctors are saying. But I want to say one thing to you today. I still have a made-up mind. Naturally speaking, things were a little shaky. I have seven of the most wonderful grandchildren in the world. I have four children. We do not, cons- when, well, it, we, as terms, we say sometimes daughter-in-laws, but Sister Katie and Sister Angie are actually my daughters, okay? No, they didn't marry their brother. Get it, get it straight now. Lord, don't get a crazy thing going on. But we consider them our daughters. So I have four adult children. I am still very blessed to have an 87-year-old mother that's still living, doing great. I have lots of friends, and not last but least, but let me add, and a wonderful church. Antioch, Antioch, that's Antioch West, Antioch North, and Antioch Central. 
Oh, that means everything to me. And I think I've proven that in the 48 years I've been here. So I had all that. Do you think that was easy to sit there in that prayer meeting that day and say, well, now, God, if it's your will for me to die. I said to God, I don't know what's going to happen in the next six or seven months in my life, but I want to say to you one more time, Jesus, it doesn't matter what happens because I've got a made up mind. Yes, I started out on a foundation as a small child. I built my house on a rock, but the reason that I'm still in the church today is not because I'm special. I heard that one time I did a hundred and I'm not exaggerating. Oh, well, sister, right. You're going to be all right because you're special to God. God is no respecter of persons. The reason I came through that valley is because I had a made up mind. It didn't matter how tough the trial was. It didn't matter how sick I was. It didn't matter if God chose death for me. I had my mind made up. I love you. I love you today, and I don't want you to take me wrong. But if some of you today were facing that in your life, you would be so disappointed in God that you would walk off from him. I know what I'm talking about. Don't forget who I am. I've been around here a long time. I only know some of it naturally, but in my spirit today, I was extremely heavy burdened when I left my house today for three people in this place. I was very burdened. Because you have played around with God for a long time. But please hear me today. I want January. I believe it's the 27th. I want January the 29th, 2017 to be a turning point for you. I'm not sure you have tomorrow. I'm not sure you have next week. I'm not sure that you have next month. In the condition that our world is in. A lot of you are young sitting in this place. And you've seen a good America. You haven't seen the good America that I saw years and years ago. You're, say, you're seeing an America that's chaotic. I, 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 right now, I don't... I'm, I'm full-blooded American, okay? But right now, I don't know. I have mixed emotions. And somebody says, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I want you to know where I'm from. Because we know you've heard how crazy, our, how crazy our country is right now. So I don't know how much longer you have. But God is calling and reaching for somebody in this place today to make up your mind. But Sister Wright, you don't understand how bad I got it. You know what? I need to get it. I'm one of the older ones in this place. I understand that. I know that. Okay? My job in this place is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'll let you figure out the age if you don't know. But I'm older. Okay. And I want to say something to you. God has a way of letting you 
find somebody, talk to somebody, or become a friend of somebody that's had it worse than you ever had. And hear me. Can I add something to that with your permission? When you stand before God and you say to God, but God, I just couldn't hang on because of blank, 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 blank. He's going to say, can you, can you over there, can you come here for just a minute? Now, I know this sitting in the word of God, so just let me preach it the way I want to preach it, okay? I can't prove scripture after church, so don't come ask me to. But he's going to say, I'm just trying to paint a picture, is that okay? So he's going to say to this person standing over there in line, can you come here for a minute? And that person's going to walk over and stand by that person. And he's going to say, can you tell this person what you went through to get to heaven? And you're going to hear that person say the same things you went through. And even a little worse. And then you know what God's going to say? You may enter into the kingdom of heaven, but to this one, you're going to say, he's going to say, sorry. Because he said in his word, you've heard me preach this before. He said in his word, you would have disappointments. Anybody in here ever been disappointed? He said you would have troubles. did say you would have trials. The word of God says this. Now, I can prove this by scripture. He said you would have trials. He said you would walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He did not say you would be exempt from sickness. He did not say you would be exempt from death. He did not say you would be exempt from all that. But he said in his word that you would go through all that. But there's always that that follows the but. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you when you go through these times. Some of you are feeling lonely in here today. Some of you are feeling forsaken. That's not God's fault. That's because you've turned your back on him. He never turns his back on us. Absolutely never. And so it doesn't matter what you go through. I know you've heard this, this, this statement before, but your feet hurt so bad till you saw the person that didn't have any feet. And I, I know that's very simplistic, but it's true. That's, that's a very good one. Your hands hurt or your whatever until you saw the person that had no hands. I was, um, I was very moved, very moved. I'm married to a military man, and um, I highly respect our military. Not because of him, but I, I'm proud that I'm, I'm married to a Navy man. Let me put that in there. That was free. Where's Josh? Let's see if he's clapping. Um, I was in, um, it's called Mission Barbecue in Annapolis. I'm sure some of you know about it, but... Um, they, um, I'm not sure, how, their theme in there is, is, is all military. It's fabulous. And I think some of their proceeds actually go to that. And I think a lot of times, if not all the time, they will actually give a free meal to military people. 
especially on occasions or whatever. But I walked in there the other day. My husband's preaching in England, and um, I was by myself, and I walked in there to get just a small, just get something for me. When I walked in, just as I walked in the door, there sat a gentleman in a wheelchair. I didn't have any legs. I only had one arm. They had a big um, cloth around him because as he was eating, and I did not stare, but I, I, did, see the, I did see it, okay? It wasn't a matter of, they, they, they had a big cloth around him because undoubtedly he was paralyzed because when he ate, it, most of it got, it was so But I walked out of that place, and I regret it even to today. I don't know why I didn't do it. But I wanted to go by him and tell him, thanks for being there for me. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for defending my country. I want somebody in here to hear me today. Somebody's going to say to you one day, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for staying in the kingdom of God. I saw what you went through. I saw the disappointment you faced. But thank you for not giving up. I was asked... When I went through my difficult time with cancer, uh, there were people that would ask me, even even children of God, it was so disappointing. Sister Wright, what are you going to do if he doesn't bring you through? I didn't know there was an option. Right, exactly. I didn't know there was an option. And we sang it to me, sang it today. Heaven for me. Heaven for me, Jesus. That's what I'm living for. That's what my goal is one day. It's not to leave here like Sister Wright said to go see my family. I've got a dad over there that I haven't seen for 26 years. Sometimes I just... I, I long to, Sister Owens. I long to see my dad. I've never gotten my dad after 26 years. I long to see him. But that's not what I want to go to heaven for. I'm going to heaven to spend an eternity with a God that has been there for me at all times. I remind you, and I'm closing. I don't want to, but I am. I remind you, when you think you got it rough, I want you to go to the Word of God. I want you to read the book of Job. I know all of you know the story, and I was going to make a few comments, and I don't have time. But I want you to go to the book of Job, and I want to find out how easy your life is. Because I don't think any of you sitting here today has ever had it as bad as Job. And I know a few of you. I know some of the difficulties you've been through. I've been there with you when it happened. I stood by this precious lady sitting on the second row, Sister Debbie Owens, that you all know and love so well during the time that she lost her daughter. I was there with her through it all. That was a very difficult time in her life. But you know what? Debbie, not one time, blamed God. Not one time did Sister Owens say, 
God, why did you, how old was Ramona? 30? 30 something. But, but very young, very young girl. She didn't one time say, but God, why did you take my daughter? And that was her only child. And she could have said that was my, I didn't hear any of that. All I ever heard from Sister Owens was praise and thanksgiving to God because he was there to help her through it. Yes, she wept. Yes, she was disappointed. Yes, it hurt. But she had a mind that was made up. Some of you are on the foundation, but your mind is not made up. And there's going to come a wind that's going to blow so strong. And you're not going to be able to stand. I'm not threatening you. I'm not threat- that's not my desire. I'm just telling you facts. There's going to there's be a wind in your life, a trial or a test or a disappointment or something you're going to walk through. And you're going to be out the door and you're going to be gone. But when your mind, I know I'm saying that a lot, but when your mind is made up, guess what? There's really no worries. Do you know why? But that's why, not all, please don't misunderstand me, please. But the majority of marriages that fail, that's why they fail. I have been married, this year will be 49. Going for the big one next year. Almost 49 years. And let me tell you something. And you're welcome to tell him what I said. It's fine. Since it isn't live stream, correct, Brother Adam? He can't watch me. But you can go tell him because usually somebody does. Got home from preaching at Antioch Central the other week. He's sitting grinning over in his chair, and when he grins like that, he's up to something. It, it's, it's an ornery grin. I said, what, why, why are you smiling like that? He said, mm, look what I got. And I looked on that phone, and somebody had sent him a picture of me preaching. So, don't you do, all right, uh, put the phones down. Put them down. Sister Katie, put the phone down. That wasn't a sick job. Brother Mallory, is that water or your phone? So you can go tell him what I said. But 49 years, 40, almost 49 years, it hasn't always been heaven. Now, I will not use any other term. But there have been a few days when it wasn't so heavenly. There have been a few days when it was pretty rough waters. But I said to him at an altar as a young girl, I will stick it out no matter what. You know you feel that way when you get mad. Okay. But I said to him, I will do it. And so when we have those difficult times, And so when you've done that, then it doesn't matter how 
the storms come, Brother Heights, you can come. It doesn't matter how the storms blow. It doesn't matter whatever difficulty you must, that you face. But you will still be there. If you don't know about God today, and you've never experienced this, we're going to, in just a few minutes, give you an opportunity to experience that. It's the most wonderful thing that could ever happen in your life. You say, Sister Wright, I've, I've never known anybody that would love you that much and care for you that much that you would, you would always want to be with them and you knew they would always be. You know, during my time of sickness, my husband was very blessed, very blessed. I was very blessed, but he was very blessed that he was able to be with me by my side for eight months without ever leaving me. Not one day, not one day, hear me, did he leave my side. Actually, it was nine months from the time I was diagnosed until the following year when I finally came through it and everything was okay. He did not leave my side. It was, it was about eight, months, eight or nine months. It was quite, it was quite a while, it was eight or nine months. I, I don't have time to figure it out. But he never left my side. Not one time. When I went to the hospital, I had to stay in the hospital for five days after um, the treatments and had my surgery and all that. When I went to the hospital, my, um, my daughter-in-law, Angie, came to him and says, Now, Dad. You understand that we're all willing to stay with mom while she's in the hospital. I'll take some time. Katie will take some time. Joel will take some time. David. We're, we're willing to help. And I will never forget because it was so special. He looked at her and he said, that won't be necessary. When we left the house that day to go to hospital for surgery, and I knew I'd be there five days, not only was my little bag of stuff packed, but he had a big bag of stuff packed. I said, why do you need all that? He said, I will not be leaving the hospital. In a continuation of my journey, those five days, he never, I'm not sure he went out of the room. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. That was awesome. That was an awesome feeling to have somebody like that. But there have been times, that, that's major, but there have been times when there wasn't a choice. Last summer, we got home from our church camp, camp meeting. It was on a Friday. And by Friday night, I had broken my foot. I had shattered my foot. I didn't break it. I shattered it. The way I stepped on it, I shattered it. He was supposed to leave for England on that Sunday to go preach. Well, it wasn't quite easy for me to get around. And I would have liked for him to have been there, but he didn't have a choice. Now, God worked it out differently the first time, but this time there wasn't a choice. He said, I, I hate to leave you like this, but I, I, don't, I said, fine, I totally understand. And he left me. You're going to go through times like that in the natural but I'm here to tell you today that God, God is with you 24-7. He never has to leave you. And that's amazing to me. All of God's children in this world, you're just a small group of them today. We're just a small group here today compared to all God's children. But do you know God is just as much with her as he is with me, with him, just as... It, 
Is that amazing or what? But I'm talking about a God like that here today that's here for you. And if you don't know about him, we're going to invite you if you'd like to experience him. And that's all important. But I'm reaching for three people in this place. I need some people praying right now. I'm reaching for three people in this place that need to make a new commitment to God. That you got your mind made up. There's an old song that the title of it is, and if you're from a, uh, another religion and you've come to any apostolic faith, you've probably heard it. It's a very old hymn. The title of it is, My Hope is Built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. Sister Wright sang one of my favorite songs today. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. I love that cross. I love that blood that was shed on that cross for my sins. I love the stripes that were put on that back, on his back for my healing. He already felt what it was like to experience pain. And he did it for me. So his oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, fruitless to stand before the throne. Do you know when this song was written? The author of this song was sitting by a Christian woman that was dying. She didn't live. God didn't heal her. He was sitting there, and this is, that was the first time he ever sang that song. Before it was ever published, he sat by a dying saint of God and sang on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I'm thankful today that you have made that commitment to stand on the rock. But I'm looking for you before you leave this place today to make up your mind. Settle it. Settle it. Don't keep going back and forth. 
Don't decide one week it's Jesus and one week it's something else. But make up your mind. Can we begin to pray in this place today? Can we begin to pray? Sister Wright, I'm not sure if you guys get ready to sing or what, but that's fine. But I, w- I want you to start praying in this place for just a minute. All over this place, I just want you to begin to pray. I want you to say to God today, if I have not done this or if my mind is wavering, I'm asking you to help. I know this was not, this was not a re- new revelation. It's something you and I know. But listen, we've got to have a mind made up. You've got to have a mind. We're, let me tell you something. Things are not going to get better. I don't care what they're promising you. Because the word of God tells us in the book of Revelation, you're welcome to read it when you get home, that the world is not getting better. It's going to get worse. I ask in my mind, after a few things in the past three weeks, how can it get any worse? But it will. It will. So I don't know what you're believing they're promising you, but they're not in control. He's in control. And today is a good day. For you to start the rest of your future saying, I've got my foot on the rock, but I've got my mind made up. And it doesn't matter what I have to go through. It doesn't matter the disappointments that I face. It doesn't matter the dreams that I lose. I was raised, and this is very, very personal, but I was raised in a preacher's home. And when you're raised in a preacher's home, you're, you've heard this, but you're raised in a glass house. You're raised in a glass house. If you don't know what that means, I'll tell you because I've been there for a long time. I was raised in it, then I married into it. That means everybody can see what you do. They watch what you do and they critique what you do. Because you're supposed to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, and, and preachers and their wives and their family, are, they're human beings just like you. And I begged God. I begged God as a teenager, don't make me marry a preacher. You better be careful what you pray. No, that's okay. I said, God, I'll marry anybody. I didn't say ditch digger, but I did say I'll marry anybody. What's that old thing used to be? Whatever. But I said, God, don't make me marry a preacher. Can you hear me? Give me anything but a preacher. That was my dream. That was my desire because I'd lived in a preacher's home all of my life. And I thought it'd be so neat to be able to get out of that and do your own thing. And and, and people wouldn't watch you and critique you all the time. What fell? Or is that the clock ticking saying, hurry up, I'm trying. But God, God didn't give me my dream. Now, I wouldn't trade it for anything now. If you offered it to me tomorrow, no. But I'm just making a statement here. My husband was serving in the military. He graduated from the Naval Academy. He was looking at, he was a pilot. He was looking at years in the military to be very successful. He loved it. But that wasn't what God wanted for him. But he had a made up mind. I set 
oh, I guess it's been about three weeks ago. I sat across the table. Let me use this one. Sometimes personal illustrations aren't, the good thing to, aren't a good thing to use. But I said three weeks ago from a young man and his wife that are about the age of brother and sister, Joel Wright. They've got three children. I sat across the table from them. He was, not now, but he was up until that Sunday. In fact, he had one more week of work. Up until that Sunday, he was a pilot for, I believe it's United or Delta. I'm forgetting now. I apologize. But I think it was United Airlines. He loved. He loved, don't tell me what God's asking you to give up or what you're going to not have if you come to God. This young man loved his job. They begged him not to quit. Do you know why he did it? Because God said to him, it's now time for you to give up your job and pastor a church full time. And it's not a huge church. And I don't know the income, but I can kind of guess at it since I've been involved in it for a long time. And I sat across the table and I thought, you guys are fixing to, take, to, to make a change in life. You won't have the same funds that you had when you were a pilot. You're not going to have them. So. Some of you today, you'd rather have money. Thank God. Some of you'd rather choose your family and your friends. Oh, my God. But let me tell you something, friend. When you've got a made-up mind, there are no other choices. I'm not crazy for God. I'm in love with God. This is everything to me. And I looked at that couple and before I left that place, I looked at him and I went over and I hugged both of them. And I said to them, I just want to say one thing to you today. I am proud of you. Naturally speaking, you understand? Naturally speaking, I'm sure there were different. I'm sure the devil got on his shoulder. The money he was making, the prestige he had in his company. Oh, come on. Why? Why could he do that? Because he's got a mind. That I'll choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again you mean so much anybody in this place feel that way today is there anybody in this place i don't know i can't remember how pastor joel does it but is there anybody in this place that you would just like to come stand at the front but everybody will be looking at me oh that would make me proud today that i walked down here and i was saying but I'll choose you again 
and again. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Mm, come on, I know some of, I know, I know there's two people in here, what you're going through right now, and I know you're being pulled, but come on, say it. Come on, it may not be easy, but I want you to say it. I'll choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much. To me, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost, that I'll choose you again. I'll choose you again and again. I need some help here. Come on, I need some help in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need some help in the Holy Ghost. The presence of God is beginning to move in here. Come on, let the Holy Ghost minister. Let the Holy Ghost minister.